Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the New Writers Podcast. I am your host, Chris Langan, coming at you. I gotta say, you know, this is the first episode since the pilot that I am alone. Oh, by myself. Okay, sorry, that's enough of that. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I, this I do not have a guest today, so you just get to hear me ramble on and on. Now, for today, I thought what we would do is we would talk about characters, and this may be this is more of an, an observation that I made in in two very popular franchises. Uh, so warning, they're science fiction franchises. But recently, not recently, but. There are two beloved characters who have a very long history uh, that we all know and love. Well, that most of us know and love. And I, I found that when those characters were revisited, that there were two very different approaches. And that there are two very different fan reactions, receptions to how the characters were portrayed. So... Hopefully, I'll give a quick little recap on the characters, and hopefully you should know them. If not, then okay, stop listening. Just kidding, you can listen. But and like I've always said, this podcast is meant to help uh, new writers in any media, whether you're writing a novel or a screenplay or a video game or a short story, fanfic, whatever. I, you know, we do not discriminate. And hopefully the, the things that I notice can help you out too, as far as in your, your writing goes. So these two legacy characters that I'm talking about, they are Captain Jean-Luc Picard and Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker, slash Jedi Master. Sorry. Sorry, Luke. Uh, I'm pretty ironic that both their names contain the word Luke in it, but I like I planned that. <laughs> but for those of you who, just a quick little recap. So... These are both characters who have long character arcs, who who have have gone through their their trials, their heroes' trials, and specifically Luke, which is pretty much on the nose since uh, Star since George Lucas himself said he modeled Star Wars after the hero's journey. Luke Skywalker is we we see him as growth, and any good character needs to have growth. We all know that. Well, I hope we all know that. I know that. I didn't know that at first, but as a writer, your characters need to grow. If you have a story and your character just starts off amazing at the height of their powers, then it's not much of a story, unless you have them learn something, but there has to be some sort of change or growth or, you know, and brought about by conflict. And with Luke Skywalker, that's that that's in the first movie. And, and George Lucas wrapped it up in the first movie because he thought that that was going to be it. He didn't think there was going to be another Star Wars movie after that. That's why A New Hope kind of is wrapped up in a nice... It's like no nice little uh, shell. So if you can imagine a world where Star Wars flopped, that would be that, that would be its own story. So with the Death Star, you know, blown up and Vader, uh, you know, floating around in his TIE fighter. Sorry, TIE advanced. My bad. <laughs> So Luke Skywalker, right, he starts off as a farm boy on Tatooine, and we know his journey through episode, through A New Hope, through The Empire Strikes Back, to Return of the Jedi. 
where Luke Skywalker is the actual Jedi that they're referencing in Return of the Jedi. He is, he is, you know, faced the darkness. He's he's stepped away from the abyss, and he is the, he has become the hero. He's gone through his trials that every hero goes through, and he he comes out of it a Jedi Knight. And at the end of the third movie of that of that trilogy, we'll call that the original trilogy. So we know his story. We know his path. We've heard we've we've heard his path. We we've watched his path. So the character of Luke Skywalker was revisited, was brought back to us in the sequel trilogy, starting with The Force Awakens, where he appeared at at the very end. And Mark Hamill, who plays Luke Skywalker, he always does his, he always likes to crack a little joke on on Twitter or, you know, in sometimes in interviews where he's like, Yeah, I, you know, just some sort of dad joke about him not not saying anything at all in The Force Awakens because he doesn't. He just, you know, stands there and, you know, spoilers for these movies if you haven't seen them by now for The Force Awakens and pretty much all of Star Wars. But, uh, but yeah, Luke, Luke Skywalker doesn't say anything until episode eight, The, the, the Last Jedi. And the, the trailers, when, when, when The Last Jedi was announced, the title of that movie, the trailer of that movie, I was so excited because here we are, we're going to see Luke Skywalker, because you know, we all had this vision of what happened to him after Return of the Jedi. And even in the expanded universe, the, a lot of novels, stories there that are no longer count, those, those actually tell about how Luke you know, went up, was a Jedi Master, he went on to form the, to reform the Jedi Order, um, you know, with, with Han and Leia's kids, and he gets married, he has a kid, you know, and, and, and so his, his story continued in the, in the expanded universe that no longer counts. So, anyway, that got reset, so now in The, the Last Jedi, we see Luke, and so he's still, he's a character, he's a character we know and love, but we, he needs to have conflict, because otherwise, if he's, I mean, we all kind of, I wanted, as a fan, I wanted to see Luke just use the Force and just destroy, you know, the, the, um, the First Order, and just, you know, lifting up, not the AT-ATs, but, you know, the, the ones that, that look like they walk on their knuckles, like, like AT-CTs, I believe? <laughs> I know, I know, take away my Star Wars card, uh, but... I just want to see him lift like three of those in the air and crush them with the force and just, you know, sweeping away legions of stormtroopers just by himself. That would, I mean, not a very Jedi thing to do, but that's we wanted to see Luke flex. We wanted to see him. He was he he went through his trials. He was a Jedi Knight. He beca he became a Jedi Master. Let's go to town. Time to fight evil. And we didn't get that. That's not what happened. So. Instead, we got The Last Jedi, and I understand that this, the whole sequel trilogy was about handing off the mantle of the adventures of Star Wars to the, the new generation, to, to uh, Rey, and to Finn, and to Poe, and, and, you know, kind of transitioning to them, and to where the last, um, The Rise of Skywalker ended up being the complete, the complete version of that like the completion of that but the last jedi when it came out it was very divisive among star wars fans and yeah in case you guys didn't know it was very divisive and luke's character arc in particular 
was just ripped to shreds. You know, the fans and critics were, you know, either and it, it was funny because there was no middle ground. Either you loved it or you hated it. And there were parts of it from my own from my own point of view. I was kind of I I liked it. I did, it wasn't my not my favorite Star Wars movie, but I liked it. And the way that Luke was handled, there were things that that I really enjoyed, and there were things that were kind of disappointing. And for starters, and I, mind you, in case you haven't figured it out, I'm a diehard Star Wars fan, and to see Luke upset, you know, already gone through of of re, of starting the restarting the Jedi Order off screen because we don't see any of that restarting the Jedi Order and you know building trying to build it back up and then having it destroyed uh that was that was like what that all that happened and so now when we first run into Luke Skywalker again after 30 years or so he is sad Luke <laughs> he's sad and he's upset and he's disconnected himself from the force he he's walked away from his powers he's walked away and he's just a sad old man and it left a funny taste because we saw him as came to fully realize his power in return of the jedi we saw him look down at his own hand recognize the darkness darkness and step away from it but somehow he's sad and not using the force so that was very much i don't want to say out of character but it was it was asking the audience a lot to swallow a lot to take because you had to make some leaps there the part that i did love i loved how he went out he he defeated the first order he stopped he, he halted the advance of an entire army complete with the atcts um kylo ren troops vehicles miniature death star weaponry he stopped all of them without hurting anybody and that is the most jedi way to do it the only person he sacrificed was himself so that I 100% agree with how he went out, but I wish that I wish that he could have had a moment with Han Solo before, but you know, whatever. I, I <laughs> it's, it's it is what it is. So anyway, that's Luke's kind of background story. Uh, for the now switching over to Captain Picard for a little bit, Captain Picard's arc uh, starts off is as he, you know he is the captain of the of the USS Enterprise. He is very much a captain and when you watch season one of star trek the next generation you can see how just he's very very much separates himself from the rest of the crew not really to the point of isolation but it's very much a working relationship with all the crew he doesn't let his guard is up he doesn't let anybody in he he's he, at times he's very short with the crew you know he's <laughs> I don't know what I don't remember which season it is, but you know he's snapping at Wesley Crashell or shut off Wesley. You know, just just very early early Jean Luc Picard was very cranky, very a very grumpy captain of the Enterprise at times, not all the time, but but he was he was very just before that we had seen Kirk and Spock and Bones and Uhura and Sulu and the the bridge crew of the original series. And they were close. They were close knit. They did everything together. They did, you know, went on the Moy missions. They worked well together. And so to see Jean Luc putting himself at arm's length from the rest of the, the crew was different. 
And so throughout the series, he grew. And he, you know, he had his trial, his hero's trial. He, he went through, you know, he actually, you know, he was captured by the Borg. He was, you know, which was, you know, the Borg is a huge enemy of, every, of everybody. And they basically captured him and made them, made Jean-Luc the mouthpiece of the Borg, Locutus of Borg. You know, whenever the Borg showed up, he was front and center. He was the first one that popped on the view screen and was saying, hey, we are here to take you over. So that was intense. That was, that was some good storytelling to have him do that. Kudos to the writers of uh, TNG. As the series went on, he, you know, he, you could see his guard gradually came down. He became warmer. He, you know, he and the crew became a family. And there's an episode towards the end. Is it, is it all good things? I don't know if it's the last episode or not. It could be. Um, if, if anybody's really, really wants to fact check me on this, you can go ahead and look up that episode. But there is, there, there's a poker game among the senior officers. It's Riker Data, who's hilariously wearing one of those green plastic visors and dealing cards. Counselor Troy, I think Dr. Crusher's there. You know, the senior officers. I think even Worf might be there. I don't remember for sure. But Picard never goes. He never goes to this poker game, never goes to this poker night, because he, they just, you know, I'm a captain, there needs to be separation, I cannot fraternize with the crew, blah, blah, blah. But one night, after, you know, a particular... Uh, difficult mission, difficult episode, and it's at the end of the episode, he he shows up. He shows up to the poker night, and they all stand and like, oh, Captain, oh, hey, you know. And, you know, he kind of calms down. He's like, I should have done this a long time ago. And that was such a good moment. That's, you know, how many years ago? 20-some-odd years ago? And I still remember it clearly. Well, <laughs> you couldn't tell from my description, but, <laughs> but you know, it, it stuck out. It, it stuck with me from all the moments from TNG. So, Captain Picard, a beloved character. You know, some for, for a lot of people, he was the first cap, their first captain. You know, not Kirk, not New Kirk, not Janeway, not Cisco. He was their introduction to <laughs> a whole generation. <laughs> oh, I'm great. A uh, whole generation's introduction, reintroduction to Star Trek, a including mine. And so, he became a beloved character, much like Luke Skywalker. Now... Uh, the Next Generation ended. Um, there were some movies that, you know, there was, when Next Generation was going on, the original crew, they still had a couple movies left in them that they were doing. And after Undiscovered Country, Star Trek VI, that was the last one with that just mainly focused on the original, uh, original series crew. Uh, the one after that was Star Trek Generations. And that movie was the handoff from from the original series, you know, William Shatner's uh, Captain Kirk, those guys, to the next generation set of actors and characters, Picard, Worf, Data. So that movie, that, that movie had some, people had issues with that, but, you know, people have issues with everything. And then there were a couple of movies with the next generation crew, and the last one was Star Trek Nemesis. And so Nemesis uh, came out years ago. Star Trek Nemesis. And I, I liked it, but, you know, I like everything. So that's, that's you know, take that for what you will. And Star Trek Nemesis, people hadn't seen Jean-Luc Picard since then. And then comes the announcement that uh, Star Trek is coming back with a show focused on Jean-Luc Picard after the events of 
Star Trek Nemesis. So this it's pretty it's pretty far not way far but it's it's deep into the Star Trek t- uh, future. It's it's the show's it was called Star Trek Picard. I watched it. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Jean Luc Picard, for all his you know grumpiness at the beginning, he was always Starfleet. He he was 100% Starfleet. He stood for their morals. He fought for their morals. And Starfleet had this image of being very, you know, we are, you know, humanity is, we're supposed to be explorers. They protect people. They defend people. Uh, All the good qualities that you'd want to see in a benevolent, spacefaring, human-based civilization or federation. (laughs) Because it's not just humans. There's a bunch of aliens out there. Other aliens, too. So Starfleet is... Is, is this, you know, is the or, this organization that, that has these morals and Jean-Luc Picard followed those throughout his career, career and then the show Picard comes along and we find out that Jean-Luc Picard has left Starfleet, which was a shocker because, you know, that was his life. He devoted so much of his life to being, you know, a Starfleet captain. He loved it. He was good at it. He, you know... There was so many, so much action and adventure that he he could. He's saved countless lives. You know, how many? That would be a great little data set to see how many lives uh, Captain Jean Luc Picard has saved. <laughs> so, any of you guys that are big on data, we'll go through and check that out. But yeah, so so it begs the question: like, what happened? Why did? And that was kind of the big mystery surrounding the show when it started. Why did? Uh, Jean-Luc, the character Jean-Luc Picard, leaves Starfleet. And so when this when this came about, my immediate thought was like, oh no. You know, he's going to be, he's, he's getting older, he's, he's sad, you know, and we're going to have sad Luke all over again. Sad Luke Skywalker. So I was kind of prepared for that to be disappointing. But when I actually watched the show, it was not. It was, I was pleasantly surprised. And after a while, I was confused. Like, why? Why is this so different? These are these are two beloved characters, legacy characters, handled differently. You know, what's what's different about them to make me have such a reaction, such a positive reaction to to what they did with Jean Luc Picard, as opposed to my kind of lukewarm, milk toast reaction to what they did with Luke Skywalker. And after thinking about it, I I came to a conclusion. And I and I I it feels right, but you know you can you can decide. For yourselves what you think about my conclusion about this all this so with luke skywalker when they brought him back the writers and the, and everybody they essentially had luke skywalker start over they had his character arc start over so at the at the beginning of the last jedi <clears throat> he's not connected to the force he has no power it, it's almost like he's a beginner and so the story and we know that his arc is about him it's an internal struggle for him. You know, he has to come to terms with uh, what happened with his Jedi Academy and what he did to Ben Solo, you know, his, his failings and his internal, internal character arc. And it doesn't, it didn't sit well with me because he already had one. He already, like I said, that return of the Jedi moment where he looked at his hand, he, he saw himself, he was self-aware and he stepped away from the darkness but then he did it again. <laughs> so that, that's what they did. Luke, they started Luke over with his... With, they, they rehashed his character arc. Now with Star Trek Picard, 
they left Picard alone. Jean-Luc Picard, the character, when he, when at the beginning of Star Trek Picard, he is very much the captain we know and love. He, they didn't, they didn't change his character. He has all the traits. He is, he is loyal. He, he had ideals he stood for. What they changed, though, because they do need conflict. What they changed, though, is they changed Starfleet. They changed the world around him. So now instead of acting as an envoy, as, a, as an ally of Starfleet, as a mouth, not a mouthpiece, but, you know, acting in tandem with Starfleet, Starfleet was the one that kind of became sad Luke, for lack of a better description. Starfleet was the one who, 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 who fell, had a fall from grace, and now they're cor- Starfleet's corrupt. They are, they're apathetic in Star Trek Picard. Spoilers for Star Trek Picard, by the way, if you haven't seen it. They, uh, Starfleet is hesitant to save the Romulans because the Romulans' uh, star was going supernova and was threatening to wipe out the Romulan homeworld. Worlds, sorry. And uh, Starfleet and, and the Federation and, and Romulan, Romulus have been at each other's throats for throughout pretty much the entirety of Star Trek. And Jean-Luc Picard, and so the Star Federation is like, okay, well, you know, sucks to be you. <laughs> you know, our, our, our enemies having a rough time. All right, well, sorry. And Jean-Luc Picard, still holding on to his ideals and morals, which mimic the uh, Starfleet of old, is like, no, we need to save them. They are beings. We need to save them. The right thing to do is, is to save them. And so he has to fight and argue with Starfleet in order to do the right thing. Whereas in the past, Starfleet was just, was knew what the right thing to do was. And so Jean-Luc Picard's character, they left him. We didn't have to relive, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't some event where, there wasn't, I shouldn't, I should say a major event. There wasn't a major event where Jean-Luc Picard, you know, is suddenly doubting himself. Is, is suddenly, you know, cut himself off from the rest of the world. I mean, he was doubting it. There, were, there was some doubt, but it wasn't the main theme. The main theme was that Starfleet was what had changed. And that, I think that was a stroke of genius. That having the, the legacy characters, you know, keep what they, had, what they had fought for when we first met them, that was more satisfying and than to have them start over like they did with Luke Skywalker. Yeah, and so just having the world around him change, I think, was really good. Because in Star Wars, you know, in the sequel trilogy, the world is basically the same. There, There's an evil empire, relabeled the First Order. Uh, they have a super weapon. The you know, That was in Force Awakens. They had a super weapon. The Last Jedi, they're, uh, they're, they strike, you know, the bad guys have some victories over the good guys. And it was all very... You know, the, the world wasn't different. It wasn't different enough. Just, you know, the, the characters that we knew and loved were just older and, you know, passing on the torch. But in Picard, in Star Trek Picard, the world had changed. And I think that's more, that, that's kind of, that's a, that's a bigger truth. Because, you know, as writers, we're, we, we tell the truth. That's our job is to tell the truth. Stephen King on writing, great book. <laughs> that's where I got that from. But we tell truths, and the world, you know, 30 years is a long time. So the world is apt to change, especially 
um, organizations like Starfleet, where there's a large, you know, large group of people with power and influence. You know, show me a show me a group like that that doesn't change in 30 years, and I'd be very impressed and a little surprised. But I think all of it was just fascinating the way that they did it. See, like I like I said earlier, I like everything. Like I, you know, I, I overall I still enjoyed the Last Jedi. I um, I enjoyed the Rise of Skywalker. I enjoyed the Force Awakens. Um, I enjoyed Star Trek: The Next Generation. I enjoyed uh, all the Star Trek uh, movies with the TNG cast, and I enjoyed Star Trek: Picard. But I, I think as a writer too, like you start to recognize where things could have been improved, especially when you take two different stories and you look at them and or two different aspects of, of franchises and you kind of compare them and you, you see like, okay, but it also involves asking yourself questions like, you know, I really liked what they did with, with Jean-Luc Picard. Why did I like that more than what they did with Luke Skywalker? So it, it requires some introspection too. You gotta, you gotta know, you gotta look. But I, that's, that's the conclusion I had. And so, and so in summary, in toto, <laughs> characters, characters are tough, man. I tell you. But it, the, the interesting stories have characters with, with meaningful arcs, meaningful story arcs that involve conflict and growth and all that stuff. But if you want a, a richer story, especially with characters that you haven't seen in a long time, you have to let them keep at least some, maybe most, of what they earned in their original arc, you know? And change, I think, changing the world around them, and not just changing the setting, because that's, you know, that's another thing, too. But if you if you keep the basic same setting, and but make it different, make it, you know, have the setting be, you know, turn to Sad Luke. Have the, you know, some major aspect that's going to come in, it has to come in direct con- uh, conflict with the character. If it's you know, if there's nothing that they can do about it, then that's not going to be nothing. But it has to directly affect the character, like Starfleet and Jean-Luc Picard. That's what what would affect him more. <laughs> and uh, I think that that's why it was such a a richer way to do it, and, and it resonated well with me. Now, like I said, your mileage may vary. You know, characters, people, everyone has different views of different characters and different stories and so what i'm not saying what i'm saying is not the gospel it's not the final word it's not facts or anything like that it's just it's an observation i made that i wanted to share with anyone who is a new writer as far as my own writing is going i don't really have any characters that could be considered legacy characters and but i have been thinking about like the characters i am writing in my stories and it's very eye-opening as far as, you know, making sure that the conflict and growth is there. Because otherwise, it's kind of a mess. Um, I know on previous episodes I've said I've mentioned this, but it's, it, it still cracks me up because I'm trying to figure out how to fix it. In my, uh, my rough draft of my novel, my science fiction novel I have, there's, uh, I have the Raiders of the Lost Ark problem. Where, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but no matter what happens, no matter what the main character does, the story will still play out the same. So if you remove... So like with Raiders of the Lost Ark, if you remove Indiana Jones, then everything happens the same. Everything turns out the same. The the Nazis... Belloc and the Nazis end up with the Ark, and they open it in the desert, and 
the Ark kills everybody, and the, the Ark remains lost. So the only thing the only thing different is that with Indiana Jones, the Ark ended up in a giant warehouse. It was like Warehouse 13. Um, well, shout out to that show. That was a great show. <laughs> but but yeah, so I'm having that sort of problem with my uh, with my uh, fir- first draft of my science fiction novel. I'm working on ways to fix it because you know the first first step in in fixing a problem is recognizing that you have one. Plus, I think I'm going to do some rewrites too. But I want to finish my current project, which is another novel that I'm working on. So once I finish that, I'll go back and and edit the first novel, and I'll let the second one marinate. Uh, there are two different two different stories, so that's kind of uh, it's kind of fun. But yeah, but little little pro tip for all for everybody out there. Uh, you guys always, whenever you have an idea, write it down, even if it seems ridiculous or crazy or whatever make sure you write it down or type it down or whatever you everybody you know if you have a smartphone which most everybody does uh, write a quick note that's what i do i've got all these notes if i had if i had a dollar for every, every note in my phone that said story idea <laughs> oh boy i have my own jetpack i don't know why i thought jetpack but it sounds good but yeah so write it down even and especially you can, there's going to be points too where like you're laying in bed at night, almost asleep, and you have an idea, and you're like, oh, this would go great in my story. Eh, I'll write it in the morning. No, don't. <laughs> jot, jot the note down before you go to sleep. All right, well, this has been episode eight of the New Writers Podcast. I've been your host, Chris Langan. I hope you've, I, I hope you're able to take something away from my ramblings today. If not, that's okay. Um, I plan on having more guests on, so don't worry. You won't have to put up with, with this nonsense all the time (laughs) as always you can find me on twitter at chris underscore langan l-a-n-g-a-n uh the show has its own twitter account as well it's at the new writers p1 so send us a message say hello drop a question if you guys if anybody drops a question on twitter uh i will happily answer it on the show so there's that yeah and you know you guys just keep writing i know that you know in these in these times i thought i'd be doing a lot more writing uh than i have been but you know you got to take care of yourself you got to you got to be safe you got to be healthy you have to you know take care of your family so all of you guys out there everybody make sure you do that take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself then there's no way you're gonna be able to write you know so All right, episode eight, in the books. In the books. Get it? Because we're writers. As always, may your muse smile upon you, and may your words ring true. 